Hello, beautiful souls. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, whatever time you're choosing to listen to today's recording. Welcome back to episode nine of Simply Ambivalent. And if you stuck with me this long, I give you a round of applause. And also, I give you a big hug because I just want to say thank you. I am your host, Arkea. As always, you can find today's episode on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts or any other podcast platforms. Or you can follow me on Instagram at simplyambivalent. That is S-I-M-P-L-Y underscore A-M-B-I-V-A-L-E-N-T. Now let's dive into another. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different from previous ones, of course. I thought I would take the time for you guys to get to know me a little bit more, get to know some of my goals and aspirations that I want for the podcast, and of course, any future recordings that we may have together. So yeah, so... As you guys know, my name is Arkea. If you're not sure how to spell that, you can always follow me on Instagram. You can find my page on my podcast page. Um, I feel like I do enough spelling on this podcast enough, so I'm not going to go there. But yeah, the, the big reason I told you guys before in that trailer episode as to why I started the podcast was because I was a recent college grad who couldn't find work, which is not, you know terribly uh, um surprising story these days but yeah recent college grad looking for work didn't have anything to do but knew that I was passionate at least about true crime mysteries thrillers all of those good stuff all that good stuff um yeah I love all that I love it I watch it every day I always look for the next Netflix movie or show to watch in any of like those genres um And of course, you know, just always looking in the news about the newest story that's just come out and anything that's been going on and anything that's happened in the past that I really haven't heard about, which is like millions and millions of stories. So there's always something new for me to read about when it comes to crime or any other like genres. Um, I know hopefully in the future, I kind of want to like dive into some other kind of little stories like with paranormal um probably even like a couple like thrillers because I feel like I really haven't had a good one yet um I felt overall my best episode was probably the Clementine one which I think a lot of you agree because that's what I got the most downloads on and plays on (laughs) so I'm only doing that from an analytical standpoint and just looking at the stats of that but yeah, um, hopefully in the future, I do want to see the podcast kind of take off more and me being able to maybe even talk to some people um, here um, about like different stories that are going on. It does get a little lonely um, just talking to yourself and then also just me trying to imagine like talking to someone and like how I would carry that conversation has been like the biggest lesson of all. Um, creating a podcast is hard. You have a lot of like editing, of course, recording, what days are you going to record on? And if you have like a life outside of this, then, you know, you have to kind of like fit that in between. I know for me during the week, um, I'm kind of like busy. So like the weekends are kind of like just my, my golden, my golden time to uh, get things done. Um, uh, in the future, I do have a couple collabs coming out. Um, in the month of June, I don't want to say too much about that, but, um, those are coming out. So I'll be excited to release those when the time comes, but yeah, you guys, that's, I mean, that's pretty much it about like me, 
about like the podcast i'm kidding no it's not um <laughs> but yeah um i'm probably gonna definitely get into some crazy stuff later on down the road i want to have like a couple conversations with some of like my closest friends um i think like they have like the best personalities um and of course they've like asked me they're like hey can i get on the podcast can i talk on here i got like this one story that i want to tell so i definitely want to open up the room for that just because like it creates like a huge um opportunity for like creativity and of course just to have like some genuine conversations that are going on um if there's one thing you haven't noticed about me uh, i do talk fast so i do apologize uh, if I am talking fast, but you know what? You could always slow this down on all the, in all this technology these days. You could play it in what, like one half, two, three, whichever one you choose. Um, if you don't want to hear me just blabber about nonsense, but like, like I said before, I thought I would just take the time for you guys to kind of get to know me, kind of get to know the voice behind the podcast. Um, I don't think, I don't even think y'all, y'all really know who I, what I look like besides like my friends and family who support me but like anyone else out there I don't think y'all know what I look like so maybe I'll have a reveal there but uh yeah you guys um so like I said before today's episode was just kind of like going to be like a get to know me then also I was just going to talk about like some new stories uh that I've seen going on uh in the news I know the whole uh Sherry I think the Sherry Papini case is really um you know it's really taking its high rise there um her being you know convicted with being responsible for a hoax and her own kidnapping which I'm just I'm always surprised in how people like pull that off um because I'm like that just it takes too much time and too much dedication towards trying to make the call you having to go away for however long and then not only that, but like you can't use like any of your cards. So like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so you have to go get out cash, but even that looks suspicious. So I'm just like, where, like, where do you even start? Um, if it were me, I guess you would take like a bunch of side jobs and like request that they pay you in only cash, which for a lot of businesses, that seems like super shady because they have to have some kind of record of like what you're doing so i really don't know i don't know how she was doing that how she was surviving um there's too much technology that goes into figuring out crimes these days so i think it's like to me i would think it was super hard to get away with but considering this happened what like back in 2016 six years ago of course all of our tech was different back then but i still feel like it was advanced enough to the point where um detectives and of course other departments are um able to solve the crime but yeah she i mean she got away with it for a good six years apparently she went out jogging um in her home in redding california um and then she you know of course went missing and then three weeks later after that on thanksgiving november 24th which i thought that was very convenient that it was on a holiday um not a holiday that we all celebrate but it was a holiday um and then all of a sudden she showed back up that morning at 4 30 um apparently wearing restraints which that's also like another like interesting thing because you can sometimes tell when like people like tie their own and you can kind of you can get into you can dive all into that 
But yeah, she appeared back on the side of the road of um, County Road 17 near uh, Yolo County. <laughs> I thought that was a joke when I read that, but it's real. Um, which is like, I think they said it was like 150 miles um, south of where she disappeared. So I guess you could say our girl Sherry was out here traveling. She was moving. She was really trying to make this um, definitely believable. Uh, <laughs> Because, you know, if she would have showed up like a couple miles, like maybe like 10 miles down the road, yeah, it would have looked suspicious from the start. But in my opinion, I just wanted to see, like, why do they start suspecting that in the first place? From what I saw in the report, um, a lot of the national law enforcement or even experts had their own doubts about it. And um, they were just kind of baffled about, like, the details of the case, which I really didn't get into that. But apparently there's just like a lot of inconsistencies that weren't adding up, which in the case of you trying to create your own kidnapping, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of inconsistencies with what a real one would look like, which I'm just like, people, come on now, go out and look, look up a story, look up another kidnapping that took place and just go by that one. You know, don't try to make up like your own thing. I feel like the more you try to make details about it, the more you try to get, I don't know, extravagant with it, the less believable it looks. And also, a lot of the time, I'm sure, like, victims don't always end up just showing back up. Most of the time, they end up getting killed. Uh, it ends up being, like, drawn out, like, a super long time. Can't get in contact with whoever the kidnapper is. Somebody saw it happen. Like, you have, like, some eyewitness account, which you can't really trust because those are, they're, they're not the most favorable. But, yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't get that one. But, hey, as I said before. It's, it's not me, okay? This is not me, y'all. And then, let's see. We have another story that happened out in New Hampshire. It was the shooting deaths of a, um older couple. It happened out in, um, like I said before, New Hampshire woods. Um, they still don't know what happened. Um, they really can't tell the motive of, like, what's been going on. But it's just, I don't know, it's really sad. Uh, the victim's names was uh, Stephen Reed, and I'm going to, hopefully I pronounce this correct, it's uh, Jiswinde Reed. Um, they went out for a walk on Monday, April 18th, and then they were reportedly missing by their family two days later. They ended up being found shot to death on a walking trail near the Alton Woods apartment complex in Concord on Thursday, April 21st, so that was kind of like a three-day timeline. Um which I'm just kind of wondering if they had been there the whole time, if it had been like only three days or if they were taken and maybe like brought back. But um, they didn't really give like a lot of detail on that aspect of it. Um, I do know they said they don't have any new specific information to provide at this time. And then the senior assistant attorney and the general uh, Jeffrey Ward told reporters that after law enforcement spent the weekend combing the broken ground trails, um, they really weren't able to find anything. Uh, they did, then they ended up not having like any like updates. Um, they think that the act was targeted and ran, not targeted, but the act was random. Um, but I don't know. That's just kind of, it's kind of scary. seems like you can't even like go out and like take a walk anymore without having a fear of like a crime happening and I know like sometimes I kid y'all not y'all I went walking probably like maybe two months ago this is when I was like 
uh, not making no money. Uh, and I had a lot more time on my hands. Um, I went on the trail um, near where I live. Um, and we probably, me and my dog, it was me and my dog. We probably had got like at least, I would say like a mile into it. And there was this guy there. I'm not going to give any details on how he looked, but there was this guy there who was just standing underneath like this pedestrian bridge. And he was just like, just kind of sitting there. And may I mention this guy was kind of a little bit like overweight. He was pretty tall. I would say probably around like six foot three or so. Um, and he was just standing there just like looking around. So of course it's going to look suspicious. You're just sitting there underneath the bridge in the midst of like, it's like a, there's like a, there's sand and there's grass right there. So like there's, there's nothing over there for me to be looking at or for anyone to be looking at. Um, in that case, he was just kind of standing there just like looking around, looking crazy. And I'm like, okay, well this is awkward. So um, I see him from like far back. Um, it may be like within like a football length, like that I see him, a football field length, which is where I saw him at. And as I'm getting closer and closer, I realize that the man is like doing something. So I can't really tell because there's like still like a lot of like tall grass in the way. Um, eventually I get close enough to where I can see the man had his hands in his pants and I'm just like, this is not how I want my story to go out because I think I was like the only person there and thankfully I had my dog with me, but I was like the only person like walking there at the moment. I think the closest, at least the closest people that I had saw, I had passed them like a ways back. Um, and so it was just, I don't know. It was really weird and I had never seen anything like that in person. You always hear stories about things like that happening, but being there and like able to experience it was like a whole nother thing. So I do what any other person does. Most people will walk back. So I just cruised along and I cruised forward. And I just went, I went really fast with my dog and went by and just like continued on the trail, which is probably like my dumb moment. Cause most people will be like, turn around, go back. Why would you keep walking by? And I'm just like, yeah, me thinking back on that. I don't know why I made that stupid decision, but yeah. The start of my true crime story. Yeah, I kept walking. Um, and I kept moving. Um, thankfully, he did not follow. He was just still there. But he was also looking at other people that were walking by. And I'm assuming other women that were walking by. So, yeah, real creepy. Peeping Tom-ish vibes. Per vibes. Um, so, sus. Um, so, yeah, I didn't, didn't really appreciate that. Um, and then when I came back, cause I was nervous about having to encounter that again, he wasn't there anymore. And then, um, as I came up on the trail, there was a police officer. So I'm like, Oh, somebody called the police, probably scared him off. Um, yeah, I just found it really weird why he was just, just sitting there. I mean, I know, you know, you got to take a little break, take a little breather from like running and stuff because let me tell y'all I am not the most active person that I used to be in high school anymore sadly you know age has taken its toll I've, I've gained a couple more pounds but hey I'm, I'm still happy with where I'm at right now but yeah I thought you know he was just taking a break because he was just tired but you know of course he had some other things in mind so yeah I mean I feel like a lot of time you can't really like go a lot of places anymore just from like feeling unsafe or like having like scenarios um in which like I was I was at um that's not even like my only story y'all like I've seen people in the parking lot 
snorting cocaine like right in front of me and that was like the wildest thing that like they were snorting it off the dashboard but yeah it's just like a lot of things that you can't like you can't go anywhere anymore just because of like the activity um that also depends on like the area that you know you may be going to that you may frequent areas that you may live in so it's not always um the people but sometimes it may just be like that specific area there ain't nothing we could do about that it's just that's just how it's always going to be but um yeah so I you know it's, I'm always hyped to tell like my own like little story because I feel like I always tell others um so yeah that's my one little encounter not proud of that but that is my one encounter um I also saw on the news about the DC shooter and I didn't really even like look into that honestly um I know I was at work I think when it happened and all of a sudden you know I saw that flash across my phone and um I didn't really get to look into the details of it until like today but apparently um the shooter fired more than like 200 rounds and then he had like 800 more rounds in his apartment which I'm just once again like things like that kind of like scare me and I know like in our country and whatnot in the United States I should say um, there's always issues around gun laws and whether or not, um, you know, people should be checked as far as like their background and, you know, that whole debacle, which I'm not about to get into. And also, I don't feel like expressing my whole views about that because it just gets heated. But um, I don't know. Maybe I should express my, it's my own podcast. I should express my views. Who cares? I do think there should be more regulations when it comes to that. Uh, but I do respect people having, you know, their own firearms. But I do think that uh, there should be a little bit more regulations. It shouldn't be as easy as it is to have access to a gun. Especially here in the South, it shouldn't be that easy. But it is. It is. Um, you have states where, you know, like it's um, you have open carry laws and I mean, I mean, I've seen it firsthand, like at my old place or on my old job or whatever. They had like gun shows and things like that, and like you get to see like some of those people kind of like firsthand, and like the ones who buy guns, um, like who are like avid collectors, the ones who are like kind of like gun enthusiasts, and then you kind of have like the wacky guy who has a grenade launcher, and yes, I've seen that a guy had a freaking grenade launcher at one of these events, and I'm like, why the heck are you selling a grenade launcher? And secondly, why in the world do you have one? And I'm like, is it even legal to have one? Is that even legal to have? Like, I didn't think it would be so easy to, like, gain access to that. But apparently it is. And, yeah, he he had a grenade launcher for some reason. And I was like, well, is this an episode? It's like, we playing Call of Duty out here? Or is this real life? But, hey, yeah. Anyways, back to the D.C. shooter because I get off track a lot. You can ask my friends. They all think, or even my boyfriend, they all think I got ADHD or something. And I'm not going to say they're wrong, but I haven't been tested for it. So, that doesn't matter. But, anyways, back to the D.C. shooter. Uh, the man apparently opened fire from a D.C. apartment Friday, wounding four people before dying of an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound. Um, I'm so happy to know no one died from that. Um, but apparently he had a major stockpile of weapons and ammunition in two apartments he was renting, police said. Um, no one was killed. As I said before, two people remain hospitalized in critical condition, officials say. 
Um, but they did end up recovering six guns, three of which were fully automatic in the apartment of the 23-year-old. And yeah, we're going to say his name, Raymond Spencer, 23-year-old Raymond Spencer, um, which is where he, you know, he was firing from his apartment. Um, the Metropolitan Police Chief Robert Conti said Spencer fired, as we see in this article, 200 rounds during the shooting. And of course, he had 800 unused rounds, which were found in his apartment, which I don't really, I'm trying to think, what was his like? train of thought there you fired off 200 you end up injuring like four people and then he decided to kill himself so i don't know i don't know maybe he had a change of heart somewhere in there and just decided to off himself or maybe something changed maybe something was different i'm not really sure what happened there but hey uh, I'm just glad no one, no one was seriously hurt and no one died. Um, but they did say he had a very much sniper type setup. Um, and it also appeared that Spencer uh, had tried to live stream. Um, and then he wanted, he ended up like posting it online, which I hate seeing things like that. Like it reminds me of that story where that news reporter um was shot like on live tv like th that story is like so sad and it ended up being like an employee uh, a disgruntled employee of the company like i just i hate i i don't like i don't i don't like when you have like crazy people out there that do things such as this um and then try to record it online i'm like are you that removed from reality to you know do something like that um, they did go on to mention that these were not um, inexpensive firearms, so, you know, he had to have a little money. Question is, where do you have the money from? Where did he buy it from? Going to assume somewhere like black market-ish, but you still have to have a lot of money to, like, buy um, weapons on an underground um, underground websites and underground, like, little communities such as that. So, um I don't know, that's just really scary. But uh, of the four victims, there was a woman in her 30s, another woman in her 60s, uh, a 54-year-old man, and then there was a 12-year-old girl that was wounded. So um, as you can see, the victims kind of spanned it all within age from 12 to 60 years old, um, which once again is like super sad. But I'm just glad that um, no one was hurt. And for my last story, because I'm just rambling off at the mouth, you guys. I'm just talking about stuff that's going on right now. Um, there apparently was a UVA lacrosse player. And this is like 12 years after it happened. But um, Yardley Love was found dead. Um, and the man convicted in killing her is heading back to court. So apparently, um, 12 years after the University of Virginia lacrosse player Yardley Love was found dead in her off-campus apartment, the man who was convicted of second-degree murder and her killing is headed back to court for a civil trial and a wrongful death lawsuit filed by Yardley's mother. Um, wrongful death lawsuits are, like, really hard because, and most of those, of course, like, the victim's families end up, like, you know, receiving some kind of, like, compensation, but... Um, I always wonder like how they come up with that number. And then also, I don't know, to me, it's almost like you're putting a price on the life of that person. 
I, I don't care if it even was like in the millions or whatever. Like, I still feel like there's not really like a right way to, um, there's not, it's not like a right amount to like someone's life. I feel like, you know, that's priceless, of course, but, um, in the lawsuit, they are seeking 29.5 million in compensatory damages and 1 million in punitive damages. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. The those kind of lawsuits and things just kinda really I see I see both sides of it. Um just wanting to receive justice for your loved one, whether that was your daughter, a sibling, uh, a niece, nephew, whoever, um, or mother or father, but I don't know, those are those are really hard and um I know for a lot of families, it, they end up like breaking apart from it or they end up going like through some like really hard financial times because either the parents or whoever it is, a significant other, they can't work uh, just from the trauma of it. So like, you know, that's completely understandable, but I don't know. Yeah, those are really hard because I can see both sides of it, um, but I'm not deeming that being as a wrong action to take. Um because they want justice for their daughter, um, whether it was, um, you know, criminally in criminal court or in civil court. Um, they wanted both of those to just take place. But yeah, you guys, um, I think I'm just going to stop there for today's episode. I know this is like a little long one uh, for me to just be rambling on and talking about myself and of course the podcast. But yeah, you guys, I'm hoping in the next year that uh, I can be higher up on the podcast charts because <laughs> I'm not on there right now, but I do hope within like the next year that I'm higher up on there and that um, I've probably done a couple more collabs, uh, hopefully since this, uh, when this episode airs. Um, and I-, I hope that I create more of a community. I have my own little uh, group that I can like come to and you know y'all you know what hurt me the most (laughs) I posted a discord on my Instagram because I was like oh I would love to like talk about like other people like true crime things that are going on or like whatever paranormal stuff that they're interested in and nobody joined and nobody joined but if you do want to join you can always find the link on my Instagram on my Twitter um trying to think of any other avenues primarily on there you can click on my link it's a link tree link click on there there's an option on there for my discord go please you guys please come to my community come to my come to my following i'm kidding i'm not a cult leader but yeah i just want to talk on there just do like a bunch of like random stuff i don't buy um i'm not gonna say no wacky stuff or anything like that But I do just want to simply just create like a sense of camaraderie and of course a sense of like community and support Um, and just, you know, have a good time doing what I love to do um, in my free time and my leisure. But uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you for listening to this episode. If you've gotten this far, I appreciate you. And if you didn't, well, girl, man, they, them, whoever, you missed out. Um... And, you know, I can't help you. But if you did, I love you. 
and I want to give you a thousand kids, a thousand kids. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That was a, that was a mispronunciation there. A thousand kisses and a thousand hugs because I love you. You mean the world to me. I appreciate your support, your downloads, whatever it is. I love you guys. I love all you beautiful souls. And that's it. Thanks for listening to episode nine of Simply Ambivalent of Getting to Know Ya Girl Arkia. <laughs> um, and I'll see you guys next time.